0: Welcome to the Digital Transformation Podcast, interviews with best-selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top-shelf executives, all driving today's digital success. This is the show that will help you take advantage of digital transformation to build your business and career. I'm your host, Kevin Crane, and I'm so pleased that you're listening. Our guest today is Lucas Hendrich. Chief Technology Officer at Bears Dev. Bears Dev are digital acceleration experts working to future proof businesses through fast re engineering processes that are scalable and have maximum impact. Their software development services specialize in end to end delivery of tailor made technology solutions for startups and small and mid sized businesses, as well as enterprises. They've worked with many big brands that we know, like Burger King and Salesforce and Volkswagen, Johnson and Johnson, and many more and we are here talking about digital transformation, process reengineering, and software development. Lucas Hendrich, welcome to the Digital Transformation podcast now it's no secret that the business world has been disrupted greatly over the last eighteen months. Spurring increased demand for solutions and approaches that further digital transformation. Indeed, by 2024, the direct investments into digital transformation are projected to reach over 7.8 trillion US dollars. 62% of CIOs say that accelerating their digital transformation is their top priority in 2021. In your view, what are the top considerations that business leaders should keep in mind when digitizing? their operations?
1: Kevin, that's a great question. And um, in in some ways, um, I, I responded just to, to, to a similar question in a webinar uh, a couple of months ago um, because um, you know, the general pace of things during during the pandemic has either slowed to a glacial pace in some areas, and some areas accelerated to a great degree. And the digital transformation um, journey, let's say, um, is an area of, of incredible acceleration in the past 12 months. Um in part because of, of shifting demand, shifting um market opportunities that that have presented themselves, and then also uh businesses that have to pivot to new models in in a in a very agile way. Um, I also think that digital transformation is um you know it I think we're in a different era of digital transformation that I like to call digital acceleration and uh and possibly data transformation because um you know when i think about um or you know uh, just thinking of in general you know most companies these days is table stakes to have digital offerings digital assets to have a certain amount of internal muscle um around um even you know software development best practices uh, even if that's not the core competency of a business uh, so the way i think about it is um you know, maybe 20 years ago, we started building these platforms and think of them like buildings and scaffolding and houses. Um, now they're, they're populated and there's traffic going in and and out and through them. And so the focus is now more on, uh, how strong are your analytic capabilities? What are we learning from, uh, from that traffic and what's going through, uh, these structures that we've built. So having, um, uh, building more competency around, uh, you know, data analysis and then, you know, to a certain degree, even, you know, enabling machine learning um and other um and other types of, of approaches. I hesitate to say AI because that's so broad, um, but certainly utilization of of all that data that's flowing through these systems now. Um so I think that kind of transformation is really what's occurring and what I'm seeing as as kind of a uh kind of a major shift.
0: It's not enough just to collect more and more data. That's the easy part. Perhaps it's the leveraging that data in ways that really move the needle and make a difference. What are your suggestions for that? What changes should we be making today to look to leverage information in ways that really do move the needle in terms of digital transformation, digital acceleration?
1: Well, when you talk about um, you know trans- transformation, um, particularly on an enterprise scale, it's really how do you operationalize innovation? And so one, one thing I often say is that MLOps is the new DevOps. So what I mean by that for those that, that, um, you know, don't, don't work in, 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 in this sphere, uh, this tech sphere is that, um, you know, DevOps is, is, um, uh, uh, an approach or you could call it even a culture, but it's a way of, of, of unifying your developers, creating the software and the, and the people that are su- supporting that operationally. Um, into one flow, into one organization. Um, now, that uh, I think has become—I uh, won't say it's the standard across the board, but uh, most you know CTO, CIOs—you know—they have a DevOps practice to a certain degree in their organizations. Um, ML Ops, or machine learning ops, or model ops is the op is how you operationalize your deployment of machine learning models. So. As you begin to uh, utilize the data, start using your data, building models and data sets that have to uh, have to change rapidly to adjust. And and as they learn, and as you're using those in production environments, then you need to have a tool chain or process to support that. The same way that, um, you know, we evolved to DevOps you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago um, as it became more common practice. So that's that's just one area that I, and I, I see that uh, a lot with our customers. That's that's uh, one of, uh, uh, of of my advantages from where I sit is that we get to see uh, how this plays out in a variety of industries since we have a, a, a footprint that spans a variety of industries and, and segments. So from small to medium-sized startups to large enterprise. Um, as you could probably guess, some of this is is moving faster in the small and medium sized startup space, um, but it's great because it's that it gives us you know a vision into that, and it helps us also help our larger enterprise customers
0: well indeed, you folks have worked with many top companies, large and small, big ones including google i b m some of the biggest. As a result, you've been at the forefront of some important innovations. Can you share one story that you feel is a good example of how you help organizations capture the advantage of digital acceleration? How did it work for them, and how can we do it too?
1: Sure. Um, so, um, I, I, one story I like to tell is um, uh, it is it, pretty dramatic because of the you know there are industries that that um, by nature of you know, regulation. Um, and, and and other factors, uh, they they've really you know, remained 20 or 30 years behind the curve as far as um, you know uh, how other companies have adopted technology. Um, we began working with a subdivision of Rolls Royce uh, that's it now has been uh, purchased by Westinghouse um, that um, basically makes uh, hardware and software for nuclear power plants, and they they engaged us because uh, they wanted to develop a mobile app. Um, that would um, serve as kind of a flagship that would also you know, give them a certain competitive advantage in, within their market space. Um, and uh, they had processes and, and, to a certain degree, uh, a, a tool set of technology that was literally 30 years old. So it wasn't just a simple matter of building an app. It was um, teaching, upskilling an organization and uh and doing it in a way that um you know we didn't have the option to move fast and break things we're talking about nuclear power plants so uh with a very high degree of obviously security um and and obviously operational integrity and and able uh, you know, focus on process um so um we did that in about 6 months um uh, we leveraged their mobile app as well as um upskilled their organization and uh, what would be considered i think um uh, modern practices in software development and continuous integration um and uh and it was a fascinating journey for me because i got to see the internal workings of uh and learn a bit about uh nuclear power which uh which is pretty fascinating too um,
0: so can you describe that app rolls royce in nuclear power and a mobile app i mean that's that's an that's not a story I expected to hear. Um, can you describe how does that mobile app help Rolls Royce in that industry build a competitive advantage?
1: The simple version is that, um, you know, a nuclear power plant is, it has a command and control, uh, centralized command and control. So taking any chunk of that and making it mobile, okay. um, it opens up a variety of opportunities. Um, you know, one of being, um, allowing people to monitor things, um, in in different spaces that might be physically safer um and then another is just having uh having the capability of responding faster to, to different events things of that nature
0: um you say that organizations need to decouple their digital business transformation from core it functions in order to really be effective at revamping their their technologies and gaining value from company data how so can you explain
1: well, so, so I think, um, you know, these, these aren't necessarily new thoughts. I think, I think this is, um, something that, that, you know, you hear in different ways. Um, but, you know, the traditional CIO or CTO role in a large enterprise, um, is, at, at first, it's, it's traditionally, it's a centralized IT is a centralized activity. So, um, you have people that are essentially keeping email going, uh, essentially keeping the lights and plumbing working. From a digital perspective, in an organization, making sure everyone has working laptops and things of that nature, um, but they're also responsible for innovation. So they're they've got operational responsibilities as as well as essentially uh, creating new revenue, or ideally creating new revenue. Um, so having that centralized, um, and I'll, I'll I'll just go to an anecdote. Um, a colleague of of mine and I were were talking about this. Um, I have a colleague that works in a large large bank, and uh, part of, of, of his purview is to promote innovation. But at the end of the day, 80% of, of effort is really spent around um, you know, the amount of, of meetings and planning, um, orchestration around maintaining some legacy processes, um, and, and really focused on, on tactical operational activities, as opposed to having any kind of, uh, you know, space for, for blue sky thinking about, you know, how can, how can we really apply technology to generate new revenue and, and find new opportunities? Um, so it's, it's a very general case. But I think the you know, what, what happens sometimes is that, you know, business units will kind of go rogue and, and, and find their way to innovation um, because of frustration over the, the time it takes to work with a, a centralized kind of IT. Um now I think there are, you know, I, I I don't want to disparage any organization that has centralized an activity that maybe uh that makes sense and is in is uh, you know what works in that organization. But I do think there are some merits to decentralizing activities, um, to maybe shortening uh planning cycles to be able to respond faster to, to market changes, to customer preference changes, to uh unexpected changes like pandemics. Um That, um, you know, I think, I think that there's a strong case for that.
0: This episode of the digital transformation podcast is supported by Bears Dev. Bears Dev are digital acceleration experts working to future proof businesses through fast reengineering processes that are scalable, that have maximum impact. Their software development services specialize in end-to-end delivery of tailor-made technology solutions for startups, small and mid-sized businesses, and enterprises. They've worked with big brands that we know, like Burger King, Salesforce, Volkswagen, Johnson and Johnson, and many more. And now is your opportunity to leverage their expertise. You can find out more at bearsdev.com. That's b a i r e s bearsdev.com. You're listening to the Digital Transformation podcast. Our guest today is Lucas Hendrich and we're talking about digital transformation and process reengineering and how to future-proof our organizations. Today, Lucas is the Chief Technology Officer at Bears Dev. And Lucas, things are changing rapidly and it can be easy to fall behind the curve of innovation even for the most uh even for the biggest brands. How can businesses monitor for shifting market demands what do they need to do in the short term and the long term to meet these demands and remain competitive
1: well there's 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 a lot you th- that could be said about you know different ways of 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 research and predicting trends um but i think um one way in which we approach this and and i think this is um also points to um you know something that has become or is becoming a, a or should become that you know What's foremost on on most leaders' minds these days, which is finding talent and finding the right talent. Um, it's um, a, a more complex equation now than ever. And during the uh, you know the last twelve months, you know we, we're now entering a world in which uh, geography is no longer uh, destiny, um, and that that creates a whole different uh, playing field in terms of opportunity and a whole new series of challenges in terms of talent acquisition. Um, so how, how, um, how can you future proof? Well, I, th- I think uh, one way in which we look at this is um, you make, you make bets, you make small bets and you make bets on technology. Um, so we're constantly hiring. We don't, we don't have a, a, a hiring process that's fueled strictly by market demand. Uh, it's, it's, it's our own, essentially our own R&D. We're looking to expand our intelligence, our capability constantly. And, uh, part of how we do that is we look at what, if, if you're familiar with, you know, the Gartner quadrants, um, and I may get this wrong, but there's, uh, you know, the, an assess quadrant, which isn't quite adopt. And then there's the adopt quadrant, which is kind of like, you know, that's, that's your buy quadrant. Um, you know, we're looking at that assess quadrant uh, very closely to see what are the skills that, that are, um, potentially going to be in high demand two, three, four years down the road. So we've made that bet successfully with Go. It's a, a language created by Google, uh, otherwise known as Golang. Um, it has a you know, variety of benefits. And for those who know it, it's it's a it's a statically typed compiled programming language, um, very performant. Um, and in many of the, the particularly startups we're working with these days, it's become the the tool of choice uh, for a certain kind of platform. Um, now, um, if you are responsible for hiring and and uh and and uh you're you're not certain of the you know of a certain demand internally or if you're not you know sure that that's where the tech is going, that's a hard case to go out and hire a bunch of people well that's that's kind of what we did <laughs> and and it was a successful it's had a successful payoff um so you know it, i th- I think in terms of small bets um a lot of this and and i there's a a lot of books that i read i and when I say small bets, it may remind people of the book uh thinking in bets by annie duke who's a uh, it's a great book for those who haven't uh, read it um you know it's it's akin to experimenting it's a it but it's a way of of um again future proofing by um doing as little you know doing these little experiments and and um you know Enough that you have the capability set when the moment arrives. You, you've been there, you understand it, and you can expand.
0: What are those skills and capabilities that you are looking at now in preparation for down the road three, four, five years?
1: Well, um, I, and, and I think this this, this um, let me speak in a kind of a general way in terms of things that um, that that we're seeing. Um, you know, I mentioned, uh, data analytics, um, uh, machine learning, um, data engineering in general. That's, that's becoming increasingly important and that will be a continuous trend. Um, there's a paradigm shift that, um, you know, in this kind of just reflect back on, um, you know, how hard it is for enterprise sometimes to, to decentralize shift and, and, and start innovating in different ways. Um, when I got in this business, um, uh, you know a little over twenty five years ago, um, developing an application and being responsible for that application uh, meant a whole different uh, way of thinking about hardware and software that these days um, it's is becoming code and and the way that people uh, you know organize their their software development it's it's all layers of of what we call the stack so infrastructure is now becoming code. Um, that paradigm shift is, is something that, um, I think is still, uh, it's in process. And, um, I think the way you anticipate or the way that, that you future proof is, you know, just by building up that muscle around those practices. So, um, that's, that's on the one hand. On the other hand, um, we see more and more adoption of, um, of low code or no code platforms. So, um so maybe the skill sets that we should be looking for in the future um are you know on the one hand you know obviously there, there's you know what i just said but not to contradict it but um people who can design process and who can um and and can visualize process very well uh, might be the ones driving uh the development on these new platforms and these platforms come up every you know every few years um but i think every iteration gets successively better. And, uh, so we're looking at, at, at um, uh, we're actually training people internally in platforms like Uncork. It's an example. Um, um, so, um, so again, uh, what it all boils down to, uh, is it essentially acquiring the talent around these skills too, right? So that's, that's, that's kind of, uh, the, the bottom line. Um, another area, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Nope. Um,
0: go right ahead, Look at it.
1: <laughs> Another area I think is, um, you know, so, so I'm, we're talking about, you know, sort of, you know, opportunities for, for growth and, and innovation. Um, you know, that's always countered by risk. Um, so I think, uh, security, DevSecOps as a practice, not just DevOps, um, is going to be, um, uh, uh, is, is, it's not going away. <laughs> and I think that the way that, that enterprise, as well, I mean, you know, as, as startups incorporate um, strong security practices in their organization, in their organizations, is um, is going to be, you know, it's going to be an increasing concern. It's not a decreasing concern. So that's another future concern and the,
0: the a critical concern. I mean, we just saw this week uh, that the hacking of the uh, the gas line. And you were talking about Rolls Royce and, and nuclear power. I mean, so the security implications, we may not even have seen the beginning of the implications. What, what you, what's your feeling on that?
1: Oh, I, I, I think about this all an awful lot. And, and, and incidentally, it wasn't by accident that I mentioned the Rolls Royce case, because while it may not be the, the sexiest case of innovation, um, it, it certainly frames exactly what you know, that chief concern would be what happens if someone hacked that, right? Yes. Um, and, and, to your point, um, the disruption and uh, you know, was felt all up and down the East coast, um, getting gasoline this week. Um, so I think what I've learned, um, as far as, it, or how, maybe how I think about, about security, you know, many of these famous hacks and breaches, um, were a combination of things, social engineering, being top of the list. So usually there's some weak human link. It's not because humans, you know, do a bad job or want to do a bad job. It's just because we're humans. You know, we 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 have certain drawbacks. So right. we're the easiest link in the chain to exploit. So I, I think essential reading for any CISO um in in and, uh, and and again I'm I'm I have a multidisciplinary approach to technology and to life. So these aren't tech books. Um, anything on behavioral economics, um, Thinking Fast and Slow by by Danny Kahneman, um, you know, uh, even a, a, a book called How Con Games Work, which I, I found at an airport and read on a plane, um, teach you a lot about you know the potential vulnerabilities to your organization that aren't even technical. Mm-hmm. Um, someone can do an awful lot more damage uh, walking into an office with you know uh, using an access card than than spending hours trying to hack a network. Um, so, so I, I, I think that, um, as a practice too, and this is, this is something that, that, uh, I learned reading, thinking fast and slow is that, you know, it's, uh, a, something simple that an organization can do is what's called a pre-mortem. So assume that this is going to happen, assume that a breach will occur and then kind of play forward when that occurs, you know, so let's say six months from now, the breach happened. What does the postmortem look like going to that moment? You know what does the war room look like? What are we going to be saying who who are we going to be blaming uh who who are who's you know uh, and and being as honest and transparent about that as possible and empathetic because essentially it's an exercise um but as realistic as possible and and assume that it's going to happen and then create your contingency plans based on that and then make it as as the breach as small as possible and then then there are simple practices that 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 we use such as zero trust or uh, least privilege access. I mean, there, there are ways to implement that um, from the point of view of it's going to happen, minimize the damage.
0: You're listening to the Digital Transformation Podcast. We have been speaking with Lucas Hendrich, Chief Technology Officer at Bear's Dev. We've been talking about digital transformation, process reengineering, and future-proofing our organizations for our ever-changing business world today. Lucas, it's been great speaking with you today. We're almost out of time, but before I let you go, one last question. What should CIOs, executives, business owners, all of us really be thinking about now and strategizing for today in order to be prepared for the world in five years time? <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's a, that's a tough one. Um, and, and, and again, I think I would go back to, um, you know, as, as far as organizations go, um, I would I would go back to you know what I, I originally said about talent about uh, how we can make sure we keep our organizations up to date that way uh, and future proof as well as you know security implications um, you know that as as whether you're you know a CISO or a consumer of, of digital products um, anyone you know uh, having awareness about you know your own exposure the you know the potential attack vector that someone could come at you with. Um, is important. Um I, you know I think um that I learn a lot from my kids. <laughs> um I'm I'm always I'm I'm surprised at you know uh, you know TikTok is everywhere but it's not everywhere quite yet. And that that way of reaching people. Um hasn 't been I think widely utilized uh, across organizations and having a digital strategy that that utilizes if not that platform a very similar approach to that platform as a way of communicating as a way of communicating ideas maybe as a way of training your people internally um, you know I, I I pay attention to to what they 're looking at primarily because i don 't want them looking at something that 's inappropriate but secondarily um, it 's an interesting uh, way of, of of seeing you know how how these different ways of engaging spread very quickly.
0: That is Lucas Hendrich, Chief Technology Officer at Bears Dev. Find him and find out more at Bearsdev.com. Lucas, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Digital Transformation Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Kevin. It's really been
0: fun. That'll do it for this episode of the Digital Transformation Podcast. But join me next time when I continue to talk to best selling authors, innovative thought leaders, and top chef executives, all driving today's digital success. And I'll talk to you next time on the Digital Transformation Podcast.